Mm, it's good to see you guys. How you doing? Yeah, so we just came back from... Uh, this fell right on off. Hmm, how about that? I'm going to take this off anyways. There we go. So we just came back from our staff retreat, and it was down in uh, Busan or Pusan or however you say it. Um, and it was it was a great time. It was a great time to check out the city, um, to really see kind of what what's been happening down there. Um, it's really developed a lot. The last time I went was about three years ago when I went for a Campus Crusade, Korea Campus Crusade conference. They had a worldwide conference down there, and I had the privilege of serving. And uh, so it's been like three years since I've been down there, and I got a chance to check it out. And it's like completely different from what I remember. But yeah, we got to check out Myungwon's hometown. It's Myungwon's turf. Like as soon as we got down there, Myungwon's like, oh, this is what you do here. And this is like, she talked like she owned the joint. You know what I'm saying? But it's it's because she did. And we got to meet Myungwon's parents. Yeah, I'd already met them before uh, at Myungwon's graduation. And like her dad, like remembered me, I guess, like obviously, like being the only black guy at her graduation. But he remembered me and, and, and uh, Myungwon's mom thought like Pastor John was like so hot. She was like, she, she was like totally like crushing on him. It was like totally uncomfortable. Yeah, but it was good. We got a chance to really just connect as a staff. And uh, I hope you guys are, are happy with that. Happy with the fact that we had that chance to connect and spend that time together. Thank you, Caleb. And uh, because as as the leadership comes closer together, you know, the blessings are just for sure to keep on going further down, you know. And so, uh, yeah, it was such a great time. But, yeah, we're back. We just arrived like 10 minutes ago and, and, and the Lord has a word for you guys tonight. And so if you're ready to hear it, let me hear you say, come on with it. Come on with it. Woo, I like that. Say it one more time. Come on with it. Come on with it. Yes. Yes. I'm starting to get like John, my roommate. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, before I go any further, let's bow our heads. Father God, we just thank you so much for who you are, God. And we thank you, Lord, for what you're doing here at New Philly, Lord. We thank you, God, that this is a community, Lord, that you are training up, Lord. You're raising up to be a mighty army, God. And we thank you, Lord, that tonight, God, as we gather, Lord, you have a word for each one of us, Lord. Father, to speak into our lives, Lord. And Father, to, to really begin to shift things, Father. To shift things that need to be shifted, Lord. To shake things that need to be shaken, God. And so, Father God, we thank you for this word tonight, Lord. Father, I pray that, God, that every heart in this room would be open right now, God, by your spirit. Lord, I bind every interfering, distracting spirit right now in the name of Jesus. And I command it to go right now in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord, I pray that you would anoint my lips. Lord, may the words I speak, Lord, be both spirit and life in this place. Yes, God, anoint the message, Lord. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Podcast straight. Westfall, we cool? All right, cool. All right, so the title of this message, I could not come up with a good title for this. So um, it may change, but uh, as of right now, it's outside of the box. 
Oh, oh you, you, you like that. Westfall likes it. Outside of the box, all right? So you can write it down, put a question mark, write it in pencil. It may change when you see the podcast. But the Lord has been speaking to me over the past, like, couple weeks. <coughs> and uh, it's weird because, like, since I came back from China, um, SK Telecom thought that someone, I used my phone in China to, like, to text and to send emails to update. But apparently, thank you so much. Apparently, SK thought that someone stole my phone in China and, like, that, like, my data, I guess my roaming charges were a bit expensive. And so they, like, cut off my service. So I can't call anybody. So it leaves me a lot of time to think and to meditate. And so I've been spending a lot of time, and the Lord's been speaking to me about being, about creativity. He's been speaking to me a lot about creativity. And he's been speaking to me about New Philly. You know, that New Philly, we are meant to be a creative church. New Philly is meant to be a church that creates, that taps into things. That like when people see New Philly, they don't just like, oh, you know, New Philly, they're on fire. They're crazy. They pray really loud. Like I can't really think when I pray next to people from New Philly, you know. No, New Philly is meant to be a church that taps into new things, that breaks into new areas, that is released and releases other people into new things. Amen. Like New Philly is supposed to be a church that changes that the Lord uses to shift paradigms. It is, in my opinion, it's something that I think goes along with being an apostolic church. You know, Paul, Peter. All the apostles, when you think about it, were apostolic in the fact that they were continually breaking into new ground. They were creative. Everything that they did was new. It wasn't a recreation of the same thing. They weren't going around doing church the same way that church was done before. And if New Philly is to be an apostolic church, we got to be doing the same things. You know, we got to be a church that is filled with people who move apostolically, that move creatively, you know? They weren't spending time trying to micromanage what God had given them. They weren't trying to earn back things that they had lost. No, they were painting their lives and their communities in a different color. They were being creative. And God's been speaking to me a lot about this, about New Philly and about how we're supposed to be creative, about creativity and about the world. About the world being our landscape. About Seoul and Korea being our landscape. And that our church is to be a church that changes it. That paints it a completely different color. Right now you look at Korea and Korea is dark. You look at the people outside and it's not a good color. It's not a pretty picture. But we're meant to be creative in a different sense. We're going to go in and create things to look completely different than they did before. If you believe you're supposed to be a part of that, say amen. You believe you're supposed to be a part of it? Amen. One more time. Come on. That's good. So I want to talk about getting creative because you and I, we need to start getting creative. We need to start getting creative. You know, doing church, going to church on Fridays and on Sundays and going to house church and going to this and that. It's good. But we got to start doing things differently. We got to start getting creative. You know, sometimes when we're in staff meetings and Christian like brings up an idea and he's like, what do you guys think? And we're like, uh, um, he's like, come on, think outside of the box. And then after a while, I, was like, I don't know how to think outside of the box. 
I used to be so much more creative. What happened? And I was like, wow. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. That's not me. Because if we are Christian and we're connected to a creative God, we ourselves must be creative. We're made in his image, right? You know, Pastor Benjamin preached about 2 Corinthians 3.17, right? He said, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. He said, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And he said that meant a life without limitations. That meant living a life that isn't in a box. That you're outside of the box. That our God is outside of the box. There is no box. Because we live a life of freedom, of liberty. And when you live a life of liberty, it's that ever-increasing glory, right? It's ever-increasing glory, which means that everything is new. Everything is increasing. Everything is being created. And so we got to start living creative lives. But I'm not talking about like, a lot of times when you think of creativity, what do you think about? You think of art, right? You think of the guy with the paint and the canvas and he's painting some stuff. Or, oh, the poet, maybe making music, get the guitar out, do some songwriting, you know. But I'm not talking about just that. So many of us, we limit creativity to just being the guy who draws. Like, you know, everyone's like, I love Roy. Roy is mad creative. But everyone, we, but it's like Roy or John Newfield writing songs, you know, oh, they're, they're creative. They're creative. Me, I'm I'm not creative. I'm not creative. Oh, you know, I don't make music. I don't write songs. I don't do poetry. I'm not creative. And we limit what creativity really means. We limit what creativity is. And so we need to shift what we think about when we hear the words creative and creativity. It's not simply the artisans, the music, musicians, the like, you know, melancholies, like, right? They're supposed to be like the creative ones. I'm not dogging on melancholies because like for the first like year I was here, everyone's like, Marcus is totally melancholy. I was like, I'm not melancholy, but okay. You know, it's like everyone says that, you know, all the creative people must be melancholy and therefore you're in this like one little bubble, this box. But we're all called to be creative. God has made each one of you to be creative. And so we need to shift what we, what we think about when we, when we talk about creativity. So I want everyone, I want you to turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 1. And then I want you to take another finger and I want you to turn to Acts chapter 4. And we're going to start with, we're going to start with Genesis 1. All right, Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 to 4. <laughs> We've all read it before, right? All right, we'll read, we'll read just one, 1 to 4. We could keep going, but we'll stop at 4. All right, so let's read it all together. 1, 2, 3, she In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God said that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. We'll stop right there. 
we could keep going. And we all know Genesis 1, right? It's like, even like if you're not Christian, you, you probably know Genesis 1. Like we all read Genesis 1 and then we get to like the rest of it and it gets harder. But, but Genesis 1, chapter 1, right? The, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness was over the face of the deep. And what happened? God said, let there be light. And then what happened? There was light. God created, right? But what was there before? It was with the earth was what? Without form and void. See, creativity is bringing or initiating something where it did not currently, where it does not currently or did not exist. Creativity is bringing something new to the table. Creating something is Bring, is initiating something new. Where there wasn't something, now there is something. That's being created. And see, I like to also think of creativity as going beyond the status quo. What, what was the status quo at the time? The earth was formless and void. There was darkness. But God decided to go beyond the status quo, right? He said, let there be light, and there was light. And then he kept doing it, right? There, was, there were no animals, the status quo was that there was no life. So God spoke and then there was life. It was going beyond what was already present. And God himself is the most creative one, right? He created all things. And we are already said it, right? We're made in his image. We're made in his image. We're made into his likeness. He's made us with, with very similar properties to do the same things. And we can be creative. In a similar way. Without ever painting a picture or singing a note. Amen. (laughs) And see, the reason I keep saying, like, we need to change the way that we view creativity. You need to change the way that you think about creativity. Is because when you change the way you think about creativity, you change the way you view your own ability. Like, most people... They put themselves in a box. They don't think they're creative. They don't think that they can create things. And therefore, they don't do anything. And we relegate ourselves to mundane things simply because we have a wrong understanding of what it means to be creative. And we disqualify ourselves from making creative contributions. There's so many times where I think like, man, I could say something or I could could add to this, but I don't. Why? Because I don't think I'm creative. I don't think I can really add or contribute. And we don't dream big in that same way because we don't think that we ourselves can play a part in those things being creative. So, but why? Why do we keep drawing back from being creative? Why do we do this? You know, sometimes I look at our church and I wonder why, like, we're not having the most creative and most innovative ideas. Why we're not putting that stuff out there? Because we have, you guys are the most, some of the most talented, most interesting, most unique people I've ever met. Receive it. You know, we have so many people in our church that are just great. You're fantastic. Yeah, just receive it. Say, I am fantastic. I am talented. Yeah, receive it. Yes, yes. You know, like. So many great people at our church, talented, blessed. So why not? Why aren't we putting together the most innovative stuff, the most innovative content, most innovative ideas, the most innovative things to reach people? 
and bring people in. Why is it not happening? You know, the, when I was on the, the trip to China, the Lord was speaking to me about this. Like, why? Because I was like, Lord, why, why is this not happening? I was getting really frustrated. Frustrated with myself and just in general. Like, I look, like, you know, I'm, I think about all these other churches that I hear about. I'm not saying that New Philly is supposed to be like, I don't know, these, like, Mosaic Church or like all these other churches. Not to say we're supposed to be those kind of churches, but I'm like, Lord, you know, we, we got something really good here. So why, where's the innovation? Where's the creativity? Where's, where's these bright ideas? Where's, this, where's the influence? Where is it? I was like, why, why are we not going to beyond the status quo? And I felt like the Lord was, he spoke to me and he spoke to me out of Acts chapter 4. Let's turn, let's turn there right now. So why are we, why is, where's the creativity? Why are we not going beyond the status quo? And then I saw it and I started, the Lord was unpacking from Acts chapter four, verse 13. I'll read it for us. It's a, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men, they were astonished and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. We know this part, right? Peter and John, they come before the elders and the scribes. They come before the high priests and the high priestly family in Jerusalem. And Peter and John, they get up there and Peter just starts preaching. He starts laying it down. He's just giving the word to him, right? He's filled with all kinds of boldness and he's speaking to them and he's, he's just, he's preaching, you know? And he's telling them like it is. He's telling them exactly how it is. And what is their response? They were astonished. They were shocked. They looked at them and they were like, what are they doing? How is he speaking to us this way? I'm the, we're the high priestly family. You know, we're the elders and the scribes of Jerusalem. And he's speaking to us in this way. You know, he came up with all kinds of boldness and they were shocked. And why were they shocked? It says, right? They perceived that they were uneducated, common men. In the NIV, it says that they were untrained. In other translations, it says that they were untrained, that they were common, that they were plain men. You know, in the world's eyes, the world looked at these men as they were going beyond the status quo, right? The status quo was that people like them did not get up and speak. And in the world's eyes, they saw Peter preaching. They saw John and they thought they don't have the tools. They don't have the gifting. They don't have anything That should even qualify them to stand up and do this. How are they going above and beyond? How are they speaking to us with this kind of boldness? You know, when they they were doing this and they were preaching this word with such boldness, they were being creative. He was take Peter was taking the initiative where there was nothing. Peter was standing up and bringing something. He was initiating something where there was it was formless and void. And they were shocked. They were like, how are they doing this? They couldn't believe that they were doing these things. You know, Peter and John, they were supposed to be the have-nots. Those were supposed to be the people that stand in the back and shut up. You know, they're uneducated. They're plain men. And you know what? Many of us, when we look at ourselves, we're kind of like that high priestly group looking at ourselves. 
Like looking the way they looked at Peter and John is the way that we look at ourselves. You know, I'm untrained. I lack. I lack so much. I lack the giftings. I lack the training. I lack the ability. You know, for many of us, the reason we don't go above and beyond is because we think that we lack. We see ourselves in the mirror and we see what we don't have. We see what we are lacking. I don't have the training. I don't have the gifting. I don't have the experience. You know, I'm not the person. I'm not like this other person. I don't, I don't know how to do this like this person. I'm not gifted like them. And they see themselves as being in the same way. Common. We see ourselves as being common men and women. Don't we? Mighty warriors, but then when we look in the mirror, sometimes we don't, we don't really see ourselves as being mighty. We see ourselves as being just common, common folk. You know, the reason we don't go above and beyond and the reason we're not creative is because we think that we lack. We think that we're missing something. We're missing what we need to do what God's called us to do. You know, the problem of lack is the main reason that we shy away from the plate, that we back away from opportunities that God has given us to be creative, that we back away from the things that God has put before us when we're called to initiate something new. We have an orphan mentality. We don't see ourselves as the people who have. We see ourselves as the have-nots. You know, I see myself as, I've seen myself like this for a long time. And, I, and it's, it's confused me. It's like, I'm just like, what's going on? Like, I used to like, I felt like in college, like I used to be like so creative. And then I was like, like, Lord, what happened? I, I was like, I know I didn't become Christian and all of a sudden lose my creativity. But it's because my mentality has been one where I felt like I lacked. Like I felt like I needed something. I felt like I, I'm missing what I need to be the person that I am. To be the person that God's made me to be. You know, we're living Christian lives not from the place of prosperity, but from the place of poverty. Not from the place of abundance, but from the place of lack. But see, creativity requires going above the status quo. But not creating or resupplying where we think that we're missing something. You get what I'm trying to say? You know, like if we spend so much of our time comparing and contrasting our lack with the blessing of others, you know, and all we see is what we don't have and how we are insufficient and how we wish we could be more like this person, or how we wish that we had that gifting, or how we wish we were more like this person, and et cetera, et cetera. I mean, I'm just getting tired thinking about it, right? It's really depressing. It's very depressing. Like everyone right now is like, oh, I feel so depressed right now. You know, actually, um, I didn't know this until I was like reading through John Michael's uh, Ministering to the Orphan Spirit Seminar. I was like, oh. Is that depression, depression comes from being self-centered. Depression comes from when you look at your own faults so much that you become helpless. 
It's depressing. <laughs> but you know, creativity creativity is 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 going beyond your lack, right? So it it's supposed to be like an overflow creativity. You know, like there's a status quo and then you go above and beyond it. It's an overflow. But you see, you can't have an overflow if you think your cup is half empty. And so many of us live our Christian lives thinking that our cup is half empty, don't we? It's like the way like I felt like God was speaking to me about it. It was like we're working to try and accomplish like a net gain. Like we live our lives continually trying to get back to zero. Especially like with the issue of like sin, right? It's like if you sin or you fall in some sort of way and then you feel like, oh, I'm out at negative 10. I got to work my way to negative five. Okay. Well, last year I was at a negative 10. Now I'm at a negative five. I'm making progress. But negative five is still negative. You know, so many Christians don't go above and beyond because they're trying to just make it back to zero. We're spending our our entire Christian life trying to just overcome our sin and overcome our bondage and overcome sin. And then once we overcome our sin, we're at zero and we're exhausted. (laughs) But see, you cannot live your Christian life just trying to defeat your personal sins and your personal struggles. You cannot live your Christian life that way and you cannot try and live your life trying to get back to zero. You know why? Because this fallen world doesn't need zeros. This fallen world doesn't need zeros. In fact, this fallen world doesn't want zeros. You know, we wonder like, where's our influence? Where's the church's influence? Why aren't we like coming up with the best stuff? Why aren't we the people who are are influencing everyone around? And the non-Christians even look at us and they're like, man, them Christians, man, they they got it going on. It's because... We're walking around as zeros when the world doesn't need or desire zeros, you know, and God doesn't even want you spending your life working to zero. He didn't send his only son and give you his Holy Spirit just so you could make it to square one. You feel what I'm saying right now? Trust me, this message is not to be depressing. There's a point, and it's a good one. You know, see, God didn't fill us with power from on high just so that we could sit in the back and not exercise our giftings. Just so that we could sit in the back and watch, you know. I was listening, like, listening to hip-hop music and, like, like secular hip-hop music, and I've been listening to it, and, like, I'm, like, trying to figure out. I'm, like, man, that beats and the music is, like, mad good. But it's, like, you know, like, I'm listening to it, like, you know, and confess even... A little bit on the road trip. We threw some like Justin Timberlake on. And I was Ain't nobody like You know, and no, but you know, I've been thinking a lot about it and I've been listening to like this secular hip hop and secular secular music and I, I'm looking at it and I'm like, you know, all this music it's just commentary on the status quo. All this music just talks about how life is. It doesn't offer anything above and beyond it. It doesn't create anything beyond what they're talking about. You listen to rap music, you listen to any of this music, it's talking about their simple life experiences. It's talking about what is seen. But how many of you guys know that what is seen is temporary and what is unseen is eternal? 
that we're called to be people to bring the unseen into it. We're the people that God has given eyes to see and ears to hear and minds to conceive what he has prepared for us. Things that are unseen. That can be pulled into this, into this seen realm, you know. And then people really would be like, hey, that's, that's something different. Because like right now, I listen to like Christian hip hop and I'm like, it's whack. <laughs> and I'm like, why? And it's like, because we're just trying to make our way back to zero. It's like we're trying to play catch up. When God didn't make us to play catch up. We're supposed to be running ahead and pulling the world along. You know, the world needs for us to be the ones creative. They need for us to be the ones who are creating. And check it out. If we spend all our time and energy fighting our sin and our insignificance and our insecurity, we're going to be just exhausted. I realize, like, like, you know, I've been trying, like, in the past month, I was like, you know, I need to get back into making music. I like making music. But I'm like, what? Why am I so tired? I'm like, I'm exhausted. I never have the energy or the thoughts to even get into that. I was like, why is it? It's because I'm spending all my time trying to be or make myself into something that God himself is the one that does. I've been spending all my time trying to work my way back to zero. And then I get there and I'm so tired. You know. We're not, we're supposed to get out of this mentality that we're lacking. We're not supposed to have this mentality that says, you know, I'm not as holy as this person or I don't have that gift or that's not my personality or I didn't go to a good school. or I don't have the money or I'm not wealthy. Because, you know, what we're saying is, God, I failed to go above and beyond because you have failed to provide for me. You have failed to provide for me everything I need to do it. You failed to give me the deliverance, the personality, the giftings. Failed to give me the finances or the situation I need to succeed. Hmm. That's what we say. That's what we're saying in our hearts. It's your fault. <laughs> but see, the, the apostles, they didn't, they didn't have this problem. They were able to live the lives that God had called them to. And they lived above and beyond. So let's let's go back to let's go back to Acts and let's see let's see what it was about these apostles. Verse 13. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men, they were what? Astonished. And they recognized that they had been with who? Jesus. Jesus. Mm, that's the first reason right there. They had been with Jesus. The first thing that enabled them to live lives that were creative was the fact that they had been with Jesus. You know, the reason, number one, that you can go... See, what I'm trying to tell you tonight is that you don't lack anything. You've been telling yourself that you cannot go above and beyond. You cannot be, I'm not creative. I don't have anything to contribute. I don't have anything to give. You know... And maybe creativity felt like it's been far away from you, but... I'm here to tell you tonight that you're not lacking anything. You're not lacking a single thing. So the first reason why is because 
they had been with Jesus. And the reason why you don't lack a thing is because you have been with Jesus. When you are with Jesus and Jesus is with you, you do not lack a thing. Because Jesus himself supplies all things. From him, to him, and through him go all things. You know, you know, I talked about how we neglect being the people we were made to be because we're always trying to overcome our own sin. We're always trying to overcome our own debt. We're trying to make our way back to zero. Well, Jesus himself paid that debt. Jesus took the cross. He endured it for the joy set before him. And what was that joy? That joy was so that you would not be living your lives as, as just as negatives. It's so that we would not be living our lives trying to fight our way back to zero. He who knew no sin became sin so that what? We may become the very righteousness of God. So that we would not spend all our time trying to get back to right standing. But that we would be in right standing. That we're standing like at Niagara. I remember this very clearly. I, did, I got prayed for um, by the Robinsons. And after they prayed for me, Pastor Benjamin looked at me and he said, he said, the crap that you've experienced in your life has now become fertilizer. And the grass is green. And I was like, oh, that's a good word, right? I was like, that's a good word. But you know what? The grass is green part, you know, it's, it's the first part. The crap in your life is now fertilizer. You know, so many of us, we're like, we're, we're six feet under. We're buried alive trying to get ourselves out of the grave. When Jesus himself took us out of the grave. You're not in a grave anymore. You're standing on top of it. Your sin is not to hold you down where you're working to try and get back to zero. It's time for us to begin sprouting upward. Amen. Because of Jesus, we don't lack a thing. You know, God gave his son that we would not perish, but that we would have eternal life. He gave us Jesus and the rights that Jesus himself had so that we would not be in lack. That we would be restored to the place of relationship that we were meant to have. Restored to that place of connection with the creative God. Jesus himself said that the glory that the father gave him, he gives to us. And that if we abide in him and he in us, he it is that will bear much fruit. Because we have Jesus, we bear much fruit. So many of us focus on that last part, right? From apart from him, we can do nothing. We're focused on the fact that we can do nothing. But you know, Jesus was with them when he was saying that to them. You know? Jesus is with us as he says, apart from me, you can do nothing. He's in us. And we are meant and made to bear fruit. Fruit is a sign of creative productivity. Where there was once a seed, there's now something lush. There's now something that contributes. Something that nourishes. And so, as we walk with Jesus and we stop trying to earn our holiness... And trying to earn our way back to zero. It's, we're not going to be held down by the past. We're not going to be held down by the things and the sins that we commit. Shame is, is such a deadly thing. Religion is such a deadly thing.
But Jesus freed us from all that. That we didn't have, we don't have to try to work our ways back to that. And there's a, there's a one more thing. There's a second thing. So the first one is that they had been with Jesus. And then the second thing, the first thing is that we have Jesus, that we walk with him, that we relate with him. And then the second, let's look back at Acts 4. Let's look at verse 8. Let's read verse 8 together. One, two, three. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them. Stop right there. (laughs) Peter was what? Filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, the second thing and something that you need to get into your minds and understand is that people who go above and beyond are filled with the Spirit. These are like simple things, right? We, we think like, oh, well, you know, I know this. You know, I'm a Christian. I walk with Jesus. And I'm filled with the Spirit. I got the baptism of the Spirit. I came up. I got prayed for. I fell to the ground. I was shaking. I got the Spirit. But, but see, the thing is, is that Peter took that feeling and, and he moved it to action. You know, before Peter spoke one word, before he did one thing in front of the elders, he had received a fresh filling of the Spirit. Why? Because the Spirit empowers. The Spirit gives us what we need to do the work of the ministry. You know, Jesus died on the cross to restore us to who we were made to be. And God gives us His Holy Spirit to empower us to do the things we're called to do. You know, Peter and the other apostles were seen as being uneducated, plain, common, right? You know what that meant? That meant that they were saying that they were stupid, that they were broke, that they were untrained. Yeah, through. (laughs) And that they had no business doing the things that they were doing, that they had every reason to look down upon themselves and say, I can't do this. I'm not as educated. I'm not talented. I'm not as powerful. I have no business doing that. But instead, they didn't do that. They didn't look at themselves in that way. And they couldn't do that because they were filled with the spirit. And when you are filled with the Spirit, the Holy Spirit gives you everything that you need to do the work that God's called you to do. You know, so many of us look at our circumstances. We look at the places that God has sent us to and we think that we are insignificant. We think that we don't have anything to contribute. You know, we, we have even received the Holy Spirit, maybe even been baptized in the Spirit. But we wonder why we're not moving in these creative ways. But check it out. It doesn't matter how much power you receive. If you think, if you think that you don't have any power or your tank is less than, you won't give any of it away. Even what you have will be taken from. You know, like, if you don't know that you have something, it's, it's pretty much the same thing as not having it. And many of us, we live our lives as if we know we don't have it. We've received the filling of the Spirit, but we, we live our Christian lives as if we haven't received it. We live with like a kind of a bless me mentality rather than a, a building mentality. It's something I was reading in a book by Floyd McClung. He was talking about how there's a blessing there's a blessing mentality and a building mentality. And he said so much of the church even in the charismatic church lives in a blessing mentality. It's cuz we feel that we are we are lack. We feel that we are lacking something. And so we get 
we get a feeling or we get an experience and we're like, yes, I'm being blessed. But then we keep receiving and we keep looking for more and more of those experiences because we think that each experience is going to somehow substitute or somehow fill us up to the brim. So then then we can do something for God. Then we can step out. Then we can be creative. Then we can be the people that God wants us to be. And we go from experience to experience and we never give any of it away because we continually think that we need more and more and more and more to finally make us full. That's not to say that we shouldn't contend for more. We should contend for more. But it's a different mindset. Instead, it's like a mindset like just wait until after Niagara or after this guest speaker or after this experience. Or maybe after I get this, get out of debt or pass this marker. And then we'll start moving on what God has created us to do. But Jesus said, yo, seek first my kingdom and my righteousness. And all these other things will be added to you. And you know, I'm guilty of this mindset too. I forget that God has given me everything that I need to do by his Holy Spirit. I fall into that orphan mentality, feeling like if I don't get more then I'm ill-equipped. But God said he shall apply all our needs according to his riches and glory, right? He said that he would supply all our needs. But sometimes we just need to realize it. It's like at Niagara. After Niagara, we had a dinner for the conference team. And I remember at the dinner, the dinner was, it was great. It It was like Thai food or something. It was for the conference team, honoring the people that served And then the guest speakers were all there as well as the Robinsons. And uh, after dinner, a lot of us were hanging out and talking with Pastor Benjamin and his family. And many of us were receiving prayer from from Pastor Benjamin. And it's like, yeah, right? Awesome. Pastor Benjamin, prayer. Yes. You know, that's like how I felt. You know, I was going to get more words from from Pastor Benjamin. You know, I need some more. You know, I was going to get some personal prayer. My own prophetic word from the guest speaker. (laughs) She's she's just in agreement. You guys don't understand it. I have the gift of interpretation of tongues. She's just saying yes and amen. You guys need to come into agreement. Hey, what did I tell you? What did I tell you? What did I tell you? Yeah, amen. All right, all right, we got to keep going, though. We got to keep going. Yeah, but, you know, it was after, after, the, after the dinner, and we're, sitting, and we're standing there, and I go up to Pastor Benjamin. Hey, Pastor Benjamin, focus. <laughs> after I went up, I'm like, Pastor Benjamin, you know, can you pray for me? And he's like, oh, sure, Marcus, you know, what, what do you want? And I was like, I want what you got, you know, standing up and, you know, preaching and sweating and everything, you know. Come on, somebody, you know. <laughs> Like that's I want that, you know, and I want I want the singing too. I will bless the Lord at all times. Like I want all of that. You know? That's what I was like. I was like, come on, his praises shall continually. And I was like, yeah, you know, pray for me. You know? And he and he was like, he was like, you know, all right, okay. All right. And I'm thinking, like, you know, come on with it. Pastor Benjamin, like knock me out on the floor. I don't care if I'm shaking in the middle of the restaurant. Just knock me out. And then I'm standing there. Yeah. He comes up to me and he lays his hands on me. He says, Marcus, I 
feel the spirit of the Lord is saying, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You already got it. I'm like, what? I'm like, you know, hold up. No, no, that was Benjamin Robinson. He was doing the preaching. He's going to lay me out, you know? And then, and then, he, and then I'm like, I'm thinking like, what? You know, I said, yeah, yeah, you, you already got it. I was just like, you know, I received it in thousand. Yes, I, I received it. Wait, but I already got it. Right? What, what do I receive? Right? Just amen, you know? And, and I wanted to be like, you know, I wanted another feeling. I wanted more and more and more. And what I got was, you already got it. That is like sometimes the most like frustrating prayer. I'm going to be honest. I've gotten it from a couple of people. I ain't calling you guys out. I love you. You're just speaking the word of the Lord. But like, you know, I'm like, I'm going to get laid. This is going to be great. I'm going to see like, I'm going to heaven right now. I'm going to get a visitation. You already got it. But when Pastor Benjamin said that, it really challenged me a lot. It actually offended me. But I realized it was God offending my mind to reveal my heart, right? <laughs> it's like Kirk Bennett's slogan. That's like such a great word. In saying you already got it, the spirit was confirming that, yes, I have everything I need to stand strong and do what the Lord's called me to do. But see, then I had to make sense of the fact that I didn't feel like I had already received it. I was going up to him like, give me something because I really need it because I'm lacking. You know, I can't I can't do what the Lord is calling me to do unless you pray for me and then give me another impartation. I'm lacking so much. I feel in my heart, I felt insignificant. I felt that I did not have the sufficient things necessary to do what God wanted me to do. And so when he said that. It was challenging. God revealed it to me. He said, you know, I looked at Pastor Benjamin and other people and other ministers as people that I thought that in their prayers and impartations would fill an area in me that was lacking. (laughs) You know, before that time, I felt I couldn't be anointed. I couldn't do God's work. I couldn't be creative. You know, because I was lacking something. But God was saying, you know, Son, you already got it. You know, in the story of the prodigal son, the older brother, right? You ain't giving me nothing. You gave him everything. He's like, son, all that I have is yours. You already got it. What you talking about? You know, God was saying that to me. He's saying, you know, you already got it. Now use it. You know, a gift is worthless if you don't ever use it. You know, my birthday was this past week. And, you know, I got I got this jacket um, from Christian and Aaron. You know, they got me a nice little jacket. And it's pretty fly. I like it a lot. You know, you see it on Facebook. It's tagged. You can check it out. <laughs> but, you know, it's worthless if I never wear it. It's worthless if I never use it. But so many of us, we've received the gift. We've unwrapped it even. But then we sit it on the shelf and we act like it, ne- it doesn't exist. 
And we're waiting once again for another year to come around so we can just receive another gift, unwrap it, and put it on the the shelf. God's giving you his Holy Spirit. He's giving you his son. What more can he give? We've received it. We've received the gift. Thank you, Father. We unwrap the gift. But then we put it up on the shelf and we say, oh, I need some more because I, I don't have anything. And then God's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold, on, hold on, homie. I, I gave you everything you need. And you're like, wait, no, no. I, that's good, but, you know, I, I didn't. It's not enough because I'm lacking. I was at negative 10. Now that brought me to, you know, negative three. Give me another gift. Give me something else. But see, God has given us all we need. You know, it says in his word that he'll do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to a power that is already in us. That is already at work in us. In Genesis 1, God the Father, he created the heavens and the earth and everything through two things. It was the spirit hovering over the water and his word. And we know that the word through John 1 is who? Jesus. Jesus and the Holy Spirit. It's the two things the apostles had. They walked with Jesus and they were filled with the spirit. It's the two things you have. You walk with Jesus and you're filled with the spirit. The same tools that the father had to create the world and create man in his image. God has equipped us with now to do the same thing. He's made each one of you and redeems you and empowered you to do it in your own special way that will best reflect who he is to this world. To reflect his image to this world. Who he's made you to be. You know, this message is important for us. And I'm not saying that because I'm preaching it. But because, you know, much has been said and we've been praying a lot about the people that God's going to be bringing into our church. And people who are gifted, people who are being prepared and who are being shifted and shaken and being brought to assist this church. People that God is calling here to New Philly. Gifted people, people that the Lord has set apart. And I celebrate that. I celebrate that. But I know deep inside there's a there's an orphan place in me that wants to feel like my place will be gone. I know there's a temptation for many of us to feel that way. But, you know, none of us in this room are lacking. There's a temptation like. My first initial fleshly temptation was like, what? Come on, God. Like, I'm, I'm here. I, got, I'm, I help. And my, my temptation was to feel like, you know, oh, well, that must mean that I'm not contributing. That must mean that I'm lacking. That must mean that I'm not bringing much to the plate. But none of you, none of us in this room are lacking. You're not lacking. You're not any less talented. God has called you to be creative in this church and in this world in the way that best expresses the gift that you truly are. You know, don't get caught up in what other people have and what you don't. 
Orphans compare. Sons contribute. I realize that when I spend most of my time comparing, I don't contribute much. But a son, a son realizes that they're, they're not a zero anymore. They're not a zero. And they've been given everything from the father. He's given you everything you need to contribute and to go above and beyond in the giftings that God has given you. To be a gift yourself. The people that God's going to bring here are going to be graces to the church. But each one of you, you each one, you are a grace to this church. You are a gift to this church. And you're not lacking anything. We are filled to the brim. And to the overflow. And now it's time for us to start creating. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much, Lord, that as your children, God, we are not. (laughs) We thank you, God, that out of your love, Lord, you have called us to be children, to be your children. How great is the love that you have lavished upon us, that we should be called children of God and that we are and that. We thank you, Father, that as your children, we do not lack anything. And that, Lord, we're no longer going to spend all our time trying to work back to zero, God. We're no longer going to spend all our time, Father, trying to get to a status, Lord, or to work our way to holiness, God. But instead, Father, we're just going to trust, Lord God, that you who began a good work in us will bring it to completion. And not just that, Lord, but as you bring that work to completion, Lord, you are also calling us, God, to step up, Lord, to go above and beyond, Father God. To co-labor with you, Lord God, in creating, Lord God, this world, Lord God, in the way, Lord God, that you intend, Father. And we thank you, Father God, that, Lord, that, Father, as you brought each one of us into this church, Father God, you have made each one of us, Lord, to be gifts and graces to the church, God. And, Lord, I pray right now, Father, that as each person in this room, Lord God, is filled, Lord God, with the Holy Spirit and has that relationship with you, Jesus, that you would just shift their minds, Lord God, to not look at their lack, Father God, but to know and to realize, Lord, that they have everything they need, God, to go outside of the box. That they know they have everything they need, Father God, to break down all the walls, Lord God, and to plow out new ground for the kingdom, Lord. So, Father God, I just thank you, Lord. I thank you, Father God, that in this church, Lord God, you are raising up brilliant men and women. 
Thank you, Father God, that in this church you are raising up, Father God, Lord God, not just musicians, not just songwriters, Lord, not just artisans, God, but you're raising up, Lord God, apostles, prophets, Lord God. You're raising up, Lord God, shepherds, Lord. You're raising up teachers and evangelists, God, to reach into the marketplace, Father God, to reach into every facet of society, Lord God, and to speak with boldness, Lord God, and to create, Father God, where there was nothing, Lord, where it was formless and void and dead, God. You are sending them out, Lord, and you're raising them up, Father. So, Lord, we just thank you, God. Thank you, Lord, that this room is filled with sons, Lord, and not with orphans. Orphans, Lord, not orphans, Lord, but sons that have everything they need. We just thank you, Lord. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.